0: Last week on Let's Talk Supply Chain, I was joined by Matt, the VP of Industry Strategy from Coupa. We get to find out what a Camaro has to do with supply chain and how to turn insights into action. Don't forget that if you missed it, you can catch up over on letstalksupplychain.com forward slash podcast or anywhere that you subscribe to the show. It was episode 214. E2 Open is an end-to-end supply chain software platform helping the largest companies in the world with the most complex supply chains in the world. They are partnering with their customers on collaboration, visibility, network connectivity, and handling disruptions. And they see that the ultimate value lies in people and meeting their needs. That's why they partner with their customers. If you are looking for an end-to-end supply chain solution, check out e2open.com. Hello, and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. I am back from the UK, and it is going to be a crazy week. We have so many exciting new things things happening at Let's Talk Supply Chain. We are also about to release our first episodes for Let's Talk Supply Chain Asia Pack as well. So today I'm joined by a trailblazer in Port Logistics Solutions, a business which is working with port communities across the world to lead the way in supply chain innovation. Building products that continue to enhance productivity and make life easier. So who is it? Well, I'll reveal all after our question of the week. So the question of the week was a poll. And the question that we asked was, salespeople, do you know what your marketing team does? We were happy to see that 51% said yes. We were unhappy to see that 22% said no 12% said, who question mark? And 15% said, not sure. One of the answers that we'd like to see was Waynes said, very happy with the business development marketing interactions in Siva Logistics. When a company nails that interaction, the results are fantastic. And I tend to agree with that. So anybody that said no, Who and not sure needs to go and talk to their marketing team straight away and find out what they do. Thanks to everybody who participated in that poll. Remember that we ask a question every single Wednesday morning across our social media, and we can't wait to see you there. So now, back to today's podcast, and which dynamic and creative global leader is joining me today? Well, it's One Stop. Established in Sydney in 2002, One Stop is a world leader in developing innovative solutions for the global port community. Working closely with industry operators, its suite of tailored and integrated products has been developed to help streamline operations, enhance efficiency, and optimize productivity throughout the supply chain. With the aim to deliver effic- efficiency gains for all, OneStop's customers include shipping lines, port and terminal operators, freight forwarders, customs brokers, 3PLs, trucking companies, rail operators, importers, and exporters. Today, Michael, the CEO at OneStop, joins me to chat all about the company, what they do, some of the biggest challenges facing the global port community right now, and the innovations we should expect in the coming years. But before we dive in, let's find out a little bit more about Michael. He is the chief executive officer of One Stop Connections, a leading innovator of digital solutions to the freight logistics community. Michael has over 20 years experience in developing and commercializing software solutions. His career started at the innovation giant 3M, where he led a number of e-commerce solutions in the 90s before joining Sun Microsystems in the UK working on a global supply chain solution that required collaboration with organizations such as Samsung, Sony and FedEx to automate and streamline the supply of products to the end consumer. The success of that project meant Michael was a sought after digital solutions expert working for P&O Ned Lloyd Lloyd now known as MERSC On port related technology projects in the Asia Pacific region before joining OneStop and was instrumental in growing OneStop's product and service offerings to the port community. So, welcome to the show, Michael.
1: Hi, Sarah. It's great to be part of your show. Um, Looking forward to the chat.
0: I am so excited to have you here. I mean, I have a tech business in the maritime space, so I know, you know, firsthand the huge challenges that the industry is facing daily, you know, especially in light of COVID and everything that's happened in the last 18 months. So I can really see all the benefits, the kinds of solutions One Stop are delivering, so I'm really excited to find out some more. So let's just dive in. Why don't you give us a broad overview of what OneStop does and how do you help your customers?
1: Yeah, um, I joined OneStop uh, back in 2005 when it was pretty much a startup. And being someone of a tech background, I always saw technology as a, as a problem solver. So, and then you know when I joined OneStop, we, we we were looking at you know port environments and how do you how do you improve the challenges that exist in port environments. And the key word that I sort of talk to people about that best describes port environment is is chaos. Um, <laughs> when I think of chaos, it's, uh, it's you know, it still exists in some port environments around the world. And when we first started at One Stop in 05, that chaos existed where transport operators, terminal operators, freight forwarders, all using paper, phone, faxes, to communicate, you know, if something happened, then um, all hell breaks loose because no one knows what to do next. So that ultimately sort of put us in the centre of what could we do to help improve that chaotic environment so that people are making better decisions uh, with moving their cargo. So once I was basically born out of trying to um, work with those key stakeholders with moving yeah you know, ultimately moving cargo more efficiently. We've we've managed to sort of build a platform that is a cargo logistics a collaboration platform that helps the orchestration and better management of uh, information, but also, um, you know, transactions that happen from business to business so that people can better move that cargo more efficiently. Uh, we've been able to sort of roll out our platform across all ports in Australia, New Zealand, Philippines and also in Peru and nice. what one of the key, key things in all of this is uh, we've been able to sort of address the need of what importers and exporters want and we, we think that's all about certainty and reliability of when am I going to yeah. get those goods to my warehouse or to my customer and whilst we've done some, a great job already doing that there's so much more to do.
0: So much more. And if we've seen anything, I mean, everybody just wants to hear those words. You know, how do we get back to a more stable environment? How are we going to get to more predictability? How do we ho- help those ports and support those ports? to help cargo to move more efficiently. So I think you are singing the tune for everybody. And then you used one of my favorite words, which is collaboration. So I already know that you and I are gonna get along great during this discussion. And unfortunately, you know, we don't have enough time in one show to get to every one of your products. And I really wish we did because you have an impressive suite of solutions. But broadly, they're broken down into operations, tracking, reporting, security, and payment. So do you want to give us a bit of a detail on each of those sectors and maybe a quick rundown of the products that they encompass?
1: Yeah, um, it's, probably, it's always best to start with, uh, you know, what are we trying to do again? And yeah. we're, we're trying to improve that predictability for an importer and an exporter. And despite everyone's best plan in the world generally something happens. And when that (laughs) something happens, um, you know, all plans go out the window. And then for us, it's all about how do people make that next best decision so that they can, Mm -hmm. you know, maximise their assets in terms of, you know, what job am I going to do next? How am I going to fill my truck with a backload and so forth? So our, 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 our core focus, and you touched on the collaboration aspect, we don't see ourselves as purely a... Right, uh, uh, an operating system for one operator. We're seen as the glue connecting those operators. So that information is flowing between business to business and it, there's, a, there's a transaction taking place digitally. So a lot of what's taking place, and if I just focus on the port environment for now, um, you know whether it's customs clearing some cargo, um, duties are being paid by a freight forwarder for the cargo, Um, security clearances that people can access our ports, manifesting is taking place and a booking is taking place. We sort of bring it all together with uh, um, a lot of the service offerings that we do so that the capacity from a terminal operator, they're moving boxes in and out of their port as quickly as possible. And from a transport operator's perspective, they're actually maximising the asset and planning their jobs And then ultimately, the import and exporter knows, hey, I'm going to get my cargo in two days' time. So a lot of those services are helping facilitate that around payments, bookings, security, data exchange, and and, and manifesting. And they're the sort of key offerings that um, are in the platform.
0: Yeah. And it's so true. There's so many different stakeholders, right? Just in that one environment, just in that one part of a shipment. (laughs) Most people don't realize how many different people are doing so many different things and need to be talking, right? They need to be collaborating. They need to be, uh, they need to understand and know where everybody is at in their task, right, of that part of the supply chain. And so, you know, how do your tools work then? Do they integrate with existing customer systems? Are they separate platforms? Or, you know, what do these interfaces look and feel like for the customer?
1: Yeah. Um, the, the crux and, and the, the, main, the main thing that is the focus of what we try and do is we're trying to allow operators, be it large or small, people that have systems, so people have no systems, um, how, how do you get the most bang for dollar for each of those actors? And ultimately, a big operator wants to use their own operating system. So ours, uh, our platform is, is is the glue. It connects business to business through EDI or APIs or XML so that each operator is still operating in one system, but knowing they're getting live information and updated and valuable information. So when we when we think about the supply chain and the diversity of um, sophistication, then you need to cater for all parts of that. So mm-hmm. so in Australia, alone for example, uh, you know we've been able to save the community in excess of ten billion of pro- dollars in productivity wow. savings during this time of just just allowing data to be exchanged more efficiently to the point that. People know what, what box is arriving for what vessel at what time so that they can have automatic gates opening or closing at a specific time so that people are, you know, eliminating the wastage. You know, queue times used to be six 6 hour queue times down the port back in 05. Now they're eliminated. So all this has a cascading effect to everyone in the supply chain.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We need your solution here in Toronto or in New York ASAP. I, had, I, was, um, I saw a post the other day from a really good friend of mine who's a shipper, and he was talking about the lineups and how if a driver isn't given the right information for them to be able to potentially extend his pickup time so that there's no demurrage charges, if he doesn't get that particular – I think it's a piece of paper – when he's lined up and is turned away, then they don't get an extension and you have to pay demurrage right away. And so not only are we dealing with lines, but we're also dealing with paper that could save a shipper so much money. And if these things aren't working into alignment, there's a lot of extra charges that are going out the door for not only that shipper, but also that trucker and so much time that can be saved. So I'm really glad that you brought that up because there's so much time wasted and so much pollution going in the air from those truckers lining up at trying to get their their freight.
1: Yeah, t- totally agree. Uh, that, that, that was a core purpose of why we um, set up most of those problem-solving solutions, because yeah, at the end of the day, people can do more with their truck rather than sit in the queue yes. trying to get uh, clearance of paperwork that potentially could be wrong. So, so a lot of that um, takes place days before um, now so that, you know, it's very rare that we ever see a queue now because all the paperwork's done days before, it's all cleared before, so that, you know, an automated gate just opens up when that truck oh. arrives and they don't queue, you know, they're, they're turning around within 30 minutes. of
0: wow. Driving in,
1: picking up and leaving.
0: Well, and I think the other thing that that could potentially solve is the driver shortage as well. Because I think if we make things more efficient and not so frustrating for the driver, I think we'll be able to retain or at least get gain more drivers into the system. So that brings me to my next point, you know, one stop, you have four key pillars. So I was doing my research. And I found that you help you use these to help you move forward to the goal of an enhanced global port community which is efficiency, collaboration, which I love, integration, and innovation. And I totally agree with you because those are some key points that are coming up over and over again in a lot of my conversations, particularly over the last year or so. So why do you think these pillars are so important and what makes them such a potent combination?
1: Yeah, they're um, they're, they're actually so critical to the way we do business um, because – We, we, like I said at the start, we we don't focus purely on an operating system for one particular business. We're trying to connect everyone. So the only way you can connect the the benefits to person A to person B is by understanding what they need. So key questions is always to go, what do I need from you and what do you need from me? And that's where the collaboration takes place because, you know, we all want the holistic, efficient supply chains. You've got to break it down all the way down to the interaction between the many middlemen or middle people orchestrating that cargo. So collaboration for us is key. That collaboration drives the thought of what data do I need to share with you? Because that data allows me to work out what capacity I I have and what capacity I'm gonna need so that I can better manage my workload. So, So the integration comes in from there. So once we establish what we want from each other, We integrate that through data and information, that exchange. And for me, the only way you're innovating is by using data to make better, more informed, predictive decisions. So, you know, if you put those three together, by default you're going to get efficiency. And there's going to be efficiency where you're trying to plan your day, and that's a planned efficiency versus when chaos hits, um, a disruption occurs or... There's congestion or a vessel gets rerouted. What what decisions can I make based on the information that's in front of me so I can make that next best decision? That's the you know that that's driving us, and I think that's what everyone needs to be driven by around you know solving a holistic supply chain one bit at a time.
0: Yeah, I love that. And you know, so many people struggle to get the data that they need right? Sometimes from the steamship lines themselves, sometimes from the ports themselves. And I think in this day and age, people are asking more questions, right? They're wondering why I can't get the data that I need to be able to make the decisions that I need to make for my business. With everything that we have out there, with all of the technology that we have out there, why am I still struggling? And of course, you know, port congestion has been one of the biggest challenges shared by ports and terminals around the world. Throw COVID in on top of that, and we've seen some shocking scenes in the last 18 months. I mean, the number of vessels that were backed up in the port of LA and Long Beach, there's still a queue. Um, but it's been cleaned up a lot. So what have you guys observed from your perspective, you know, talking to your customers, talking to the ports, what have you What have you seen, what have you heard, and how can, you know, One Stop Solution contribute to solving that very real issue of port congestion?
1: Yeah. No, um, it's, it's definitely shocking scenes in terms of what's been happening in the last sort of 18 months. Um, I, I think, you know, a lot of these challenges have been around for decades. They've right. probably been highlighted even further um, through this pandemic and through COVID, because um, you know people are sort of shopping more. We're trying to get more cargo. There was there was factory shut down in China at one point. So so I think we're playing catch up. And 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 think of the global supply chain as a sort of living organism. As soon as one part of it gets disrupted, the rest of it just starts to become congestion. Not only in you know, LA, but also the Suez Canal was a, a good graphical mm-hmm. image that showed us how, you know, one vessel ended up, you know, it was meant to be a shortcut going from That's Europe right. through to Asia. Um, that ended up being the longest shortcut ever. And we, had, we, we saw images of vessels being uh, banked back to four hundred odd vessels, so so whilst I don't believe we can solve everything at one stop, what we can do is once once cargo hits our ports, we know that we are giving the operators, there being the, the 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 stakeholders, being transport, freight forwarders, and so forth, the right tools to be able to move that cargo and change uh, what they need to do in a in a digital a, a electronic way, so that they're making a next best decision more effectively um, because ultimately the, the key players and that, that sets the, the, the good operators from the not so good is how they're using data to make their better, next better decision and manage you know disruption that's taking place. So in those situations, whilst there may be vessels being back back banked um, out at sea once it hits the ground, we're still seeing the fact that through our service offering and through our coordination platform, people are still getting their cargo, you know, within two days into their warehouse. So mm-hmm. so those sort of things are still possible, and they're the things we'll continue to sort of improve so that people are making those decisions once cargo hits the ground.
0: Yeah, so disruption will happen, but it's what do you have in place to help um, – make not only better decisions, but faster decisions, right? Because I think that's also a key is how do you make faster decisions when the disruption hits, but also when that disruption wanes or you're able to get that vessel into port, how fast can you turn that over, which is going to be that domino effect of getting vessels in quicker as well, which is going to eliminate that congestion that much quicker. Um, and so I think that that's key. And, I, you know, when you were talking about better decisions, it just came to me, you know, faster decisions are also really critical to supply chains these days. And if each stakeholder in that chain and in that supply chain can make better, faster decisions, it's going to just make everything along that line that much more efficient and so, you know, congestion is just one part of it, right? We've seen all sorts of things. But I was watching Freightened a few weeks ago, and it highlighted that global shipping is responsible for a massive 4% of Earth's greenhouse gas emissions and that it'll take 30 years just to modernize the ships that contribute to that figure. That, to me, is way too long and very, very, very scary. So is that why those four pillars and the aim of achieving a global community is so important to one-stop? I mean, I mentioned it before. If we increase that efficiency and trucks are not just sitting there idling, that is also going to help with this. Um, but I think in order for us to solve some of these big challenges, um, especially one like this, we have to do that through collaboration. So I can already see how your pillar of collaboration obviously goes towards this. But, but what are your thoughts on this? And how, how important is this? And do you keep this at the forefront of your mind to really be able to help make an impact in this way?
1: Yeah, yeah, certainly. Like, uh, I I think um, we all have a role to play and we all have a role to sort of uh, keep our, you know, gases down so that we're providing a more, you know, pleasant environment for everyone. And, you know, what the the cornerstone of efficiency for us is is all about exactly that. You know, we we have big trucks, we have ships, we have, um, you know, Warehouses and terminal operators that are becoming automated, and you know, there's there's a lot of power being used and a, a lot of uh, energy being exerted by 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 actors in the supply chain trying to move cargo. So if we're, we're taking one piece at a time by, by trying to make sure that each operator has an asset and they're getting the maximum utilization of it, rather than it just running empty through our streets and exerting more unnecessary emissions into our environment, then that's sort of a failure upon us. So so in essence, our our service offering is, you know, is what everyone wants to achieve. They all want to achieve efficiency, but they struggle to do that because of the coordination aspect. And the coordination Mm -hmm. aspect is really coming through that collaboration. It's coming through data sharing and through data sharing, people are making the most informed and hopefully the fastest decision based on that information. So that, you know, you know, I'll take one example where truck operators used to have 10 trucks for 10 container pickups. Now they only use about four because they can right. better manage the um, amount of containers they can take on one truck, let alone knowing that you can do three jobs per truck in one day rather than it used to be one. So... So they're the sort of things that are slowly decreasing these emissions that are unnecessary for our environment. And I think we all need to contribute to that. We can't wait for, for these automated vessels to come in play. We've got to start doing something now. And I think this is our role in terms of what we're already doing.
0: Great. I'm, it's, you know, I'm so glad to hear that you're keeping it top of mind right? Because I think it, like you said, it's everybody's job. Everybody has a role to play in this, whether it's small, whether it's big. I mean, who knows? And I think the more that we can be intentional and mindful about what we're doing in our own companies and how we can contribute or help even decrease some of that. I was talking about the truckers being in line, but of course there's vessels in line as well when there's port (laughs) congestion. And so if we can eliminate some of that and we can make things more efficient, get those containers off that much faster, then the truckers won't be lining up for that long and the vessels won't be lining up and we can definitely help to reduce some of those emissions as well. Well, so I love the fact that you guys are already thinking about that. So, we've already talked about how much ground one stop covers. So, do you have an ideal customer, right? We've talked about terminal operators, we've talked about ports, we've talked about importers and exporters. So, I'd love to get an idea for from you for our audience as to who your ideal customer is and if there's a particular size business that you're best placed to help, or are you looking to integrate your solutions everywhere?
1: Yeah, okay, um, I'll give you two perspectives here. For the, for the environments that we're already in, being Australia and, and so forth, um, we're, we're, we're improving the productivity around the, the, the port interface, transport to terminals, but we're extending that into, you know, delivering the container to customers, taking it to depots. They're probably the ideal customers where we're trying to digitize that whole end-to-end visibility so that ultimately each each operator can see that data flow and make, you know, better utilisation decisions. But if I go into a port environment that we're not in, our ideal customer of where we like to start is at the terminal interface. So the, our terminal operators are the key congestion point for most ports. And that's where 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 the opportunity for us to sort of improve the interface, you know, eliminate those truck queues, better manage uh, the space down at our port environments. And then the byproducts of that start to come once the industry start to see, hey, I can use these tools to better manage my business. And that's where it starts to extend. So, so the, you know, the, the main customers are always saying, if I can use data to make my life easier and make more informed, smarter decisions... Then that's our ideal customers.
0: Awesome, awesome! I think I might have some introductions for you, um, <laughs> but we're, you know we're we're coming to one of my favorite parts of the discussion because I want you to paint me a picture, right, and bring everything that we've talked about to life. Talk us through a challenge that a customer has come to you with. Talk to us about the solution that you provided and then talk to us about the impact, the ROI of your solution to that customer.
1: Yeah. I think the best example here would be uh, our our opportunity back in 2014, um, the city of Manila in the Philippines, um, pretty much ground to a halt where Cargo could not move in and out of the ports uh, to the point that the mayor of uh, Manila put a truck ban. So basically said, no trucks were allowed on our roads and if anyone's been in Manila, that it takes about uh, half an hour to travel one kilometre. So uh-huh. it, it, it's really congested and then the port sits right next to the city of Manila. So you can imagine uh, you know, a port that does over three million boxes uh, a year um, you can just see if there's no trucks moving cargo in to their customers, then the ports are just building up to the point that trucks, uh, containers were sitting at the port for over 20 days. So at that time, um, it was so bad we came in. And, uh, and the, the other thing to note just before then is they used to have a truck marshalling area which had 400-plus trucks. They used to just sit there waiting a minimum of 15 to 30-odd hours, just sitting there waiting to pick up one box. Yeah, they would sleep there. They would have their families come down to visit. Um, So it was was actually really bad and pretty sad, actually. Um, So it it was just this marshalling era just was waiting for trucks to go into the port. So when we sort of went in with our platform and we're going to use one of the services being our main vehicle booking system, which which created the, the the dynamic of you only come for for a time slot and a container, and I know who you are and at what time, and I know I'm going to service you within an expected time frame. So, so when we implemented that um, booking system in 2015, um, it completely just changed the the whole economy in in the Philippines, where wow. cargo started to move and. Allowing Kaya to move, it not only saved the port, the port can start to bring in the vessels that started queuing up because the port environment was completely congested. Um, to the transport operators, like if you look at, you know, w- within three months, that um, that environment where the truck marching area, there's no more trucks waiting, people just only jumped in their truck and came down the port in the time frame that they were expected to come down, and they knew they were going to get service within... Uh, an hour for example it's a lot less in other port environments 30 minutes but it got to 30, 30 odd hours down to almost an hour so wow it, that's that, that that's a real life example of not only a social impact where people were living in their trucks mm-hmm. but also the economy started to move as a result of uh, rolling out the platform
0: Amazing. See, I love that part of this conversation because we really get to get an idea right on the ground of the impact that your solution is really creating. And just thinking about the life that you were able to give back to those truckers and their families, you know, that is that is huge. And that's got to have made you guys feel pretty special.
1: That's right. Certainly. Certainly. That was the best part about it. (laughs)
0: So, now, sometimes my guests get a little uncomfortable if I ask this question, but there's no need to get uncomfortable. I'm not asking you to have a crystal ball. But I know that One Stop does pride itself on innovation, and so I'm in- intrigued to hear your thoughts on the future of the industry. What developments, what new technologies or breakthroughs do you think that we could expect over the next couple of years?
1: Yeah, um, th- this space, technology... Uh, For for me, technology has never been the inhibitor. But in saying that, there's there's so much investment going in to logistics startups. Uh, I think the number I read was twenty eight billion dollars, and that's that's been spent out of Silicon Valley and all all, all these different places. And and whilst a lot of them are in their infancies, I can see you know drone technology, just in time delivery. and artificial intelligence all being uh, great technologies um, that can solve challenges within our supply chain. And whilst I think a lot of the uh, investments has been on sort of almost last mile delivery, um, the, 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 there's certainly opportunity across the whole supply mm-hmm. chain to to utilize these technologies. But I, I think that when, when they are gonna get the time when they're going to succeed is when um, there's a real focus on collaborating and seeing what each party is actually getting out of that, that opportunity. Because if you have a connected supply chain, that's when, you know, it's going to start to work.
0: That's when everybody wins. I love that you said that. I really did. So finally, we're going to end off this discussion with the future of one stop. What does that look like? What can we expect to see from you in the future?
1: Yeah. Um, so, th- so I, t- I touched quite a bit on the port interface. So, um, what our goal is to follow that containerized box from from port all the way to customer, and then from customer all the way back out to the port. So, a lot of what we're doing is we're digitizing uh, the the. Uh, our mantra is all about digitize, automate, and then optimize. And if you're okay. digitising, um, be it the big guys or even the small guys that have nothing, because sometimes we're competing still against pen and paper. So so if we're digitising every single transaction, then each operator will start to have the opportunity where they can automate what they're trying to do. And by doing that, then we can start to share that information so that people have better opportunity of saying, okay, I've just delivered this box from the port all the way out west and as soon as I drop that off I can see now through the data sharing I I have an opportunity to pick something up you know three kilometers away rather than go back to my depot and just wait there unnecessarily. So so that's the sort of ecosystem we're trying to create of opportunity for everyone in terms of digitizing and that's where AI comes in so that people are sort of We're leveraging that data to present the next best suggestion to each of our customers so that they can decide for themselves if that's something that they want to take on board, which helps maximise their asset, maximise their opportunities to move cargo more efficiently and do more with less.
0: Well, I cannot wait. I am really excited to see where you guys go next. I'm really excited at what you're doing right now and how you're helping the ports. And I'm sure that a lot of the people in the audience are really happy to hear that as well. And I can't wait to see what other ports you get on board as well. I really enjoyed that conversation. I mean, as I mentioned it already, I work in this space um, and although it can be quite exciting, no day is the same, right? It can be a bit of a tough ride. And so seeing the innovations that are being so proactively driven By companies like One Stop really excites me and gives me great hope, right? That we're going to be able to solve some of our key challenges and improve some efficiency, improve sustainability, and really ensure that we have a robust global port community for the future. So Michael, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you so much for giving us that deep dive into what you're doing at One Stop, what it means for the industry, and how more ports and more can get involved
1: thank you thank you very much and uh loves talking to you and yes let's continue to collaborate
0: this episode was produced in collaboration with border buddy the most innovative online customs platform out there and here is what graham the founder of border buddy has to say more and more companies are looking to expand their reach into global markets but most don't know where to start or don't have the time to figure it out Border Buddy sees the struggle and has found a way for you to integrate customs into your e-commerce site, allowing you peace of mind when selling to customers in other countries. Your customers will know exactly how much the costs are to import their order from you to their door in real time. And just imagine what that will do for your business and your sales. Visit us and sign up for 10% off your first clearance at BorderBuddy.com slash Let's Talk Supply Chain. If you'd like to hear more, we have plenty more podcasts for you featuring the best and brightest in the industry. Head over to letstalksupplychain.com forward slash podcast to check out the latest. And remember to come back next week as we have two brand new episodes for you. One is episode 11 of Blended. That's our show all about diversity and inclusion. And we'll be talking to a fresh group of professionals all about the topic of social inequality. Plus, we've got a brand new episode with Sarah Scudder all about sustainable packaging. And this one is a definite do not miss because this is going to mean the difference between you and your competition and possibly save you money even on freight. If you enjoy our podcast, there are a few ways to support the show. You can follow us. Follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're also on Clubhouse and TikTok. You can subscribe to our YouTube page, Let's Talk Supply Chain. And you, su- you can subscribe to our newsletter over at Chain.com. You can also find some really cool merch and purchase our exclusive supply chain dictionary in our shop at com forward slash shop. And remember to rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts if you want to be featured on an upcoming episode. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening. And remember, ship happens.